Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. How many here remember learning how to ride a bike? You remember that? Just an informal poll here this morning. How many learned to ride a bike with training wheels? Okay. How many learned to do it the old-fashioned way without the training wheels? Yeah. See, my dad did not believe in training wheels. We don't need no stinking training wheels. My cousins had training wheels. I wanted training wheels, but my dad said, no, you're going to learn to ride this bike without training wheels. And so when it came time to teach my kids how to ride a bike, what method do you think I I used? It wasn't the training wheels, no. Here's the thing. It's the old, you know, run alongside and let go. That's, that's the method I learned by. That's the method I taught my kids by. And here's the thing. When you do that, you can't guarantee your kids won't fall. There's no way in the world you can guarantee they won't fall. But you can't hold on forever either. If you lack the courage to let go, they will never learn to ride that bike. Or you will get awfully tired running alongside the rest of their life, you know? This series we've been we're wrapping up this morning is um, called Man vs. Wild. And we've been looking particularly at men's issues and being a man, a godly man, a man of, a man of Jesus Christ. And uh, this, eve- this morning we're, we're finishing up with, the, with this idea of releasing your wild man. And, and it's the underlying belief that God has called us to more than just an existence. That God has called each and every one of us, particularly men, and, and this is not exclusively men, but particularly I want to speak to it this morning, particularly men, God has called us to a life of meaning and purpose. Paul wrote about it to the Ephesian church. He said, you have been created, you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. That God has something for us to do with our lives. Not to just exist in it, but meaning and purpose and and calling and vision. He has given that to each and every one of us. And men particularly, stepping up to the plate and being the man God called you to to be is to take on the calling that God has given you. Discovering what that is and then moving out and doing it. And we don't do a very good job of that these days, I don't think. We certainly don't do a very good job of launching our young men. There's an ancient Hebrew custom. In fact, it's it's in many cases still done today. But it was the concept of blessing in which a father would take his son and in a rite of passage kind of thing, pronounce a blessing over their child with the hopes and dreams and, and the empowerment to do and become what God has called you to be. And we don't do that anymore. But I think it's a vital, necessary thing. And we may not do it in a formal way, but I think there are elements to this idea of blessing that we can practice with the men in our lives. And whether it is your your husband, your son, your brother, your son-in-law, the man in your life needs that from you. If the man in your life is going to fulfill the calling that God has placed on his life, he needs to know that you are with him. And there's one of, the, one of the examples that we have in Scripture. It's found in, in 1 Kings. It's actually found two places. It's the blessing that King David gave to his son Solomon. At the end of his life, David called his son Solomon to him. It's recorded in 1 Kings chapter 2. And then another version of it is recorded in, in 1 Chronicles 22. And both of them have to do with different aspects of this, this idea. But I want to take a look at it this morning. 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says, When the time drew near for David to die... 
he gave a charge to Solomon, his son. I am about to go the way of all the earth, he said. So be strong. Show yourself a man and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in his ways and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and requirements as written in the law of Moses, so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go, and that the Lord may, give his prom- may keep his promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live and they will walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. That was a covenant promise that God made to David. And he said now to his son Solomon at the end of his life, commissioning him, saying, now, if you will do this, God will care for you. God will prosper you. God will give you success. He will fulfill the promise he made to me. You will be an extension of my legacy. In 1 Chronicles 22, he talks specifically about one of the callings and one of the things that he had his son to do. David solidified the nation of Israel under his rule. And Jerusalem became the capital, and they built a palace for David. But David never got the chance to build the temple for God. And so as he's commissioning Solomon, he's saying to him, now you're going to take on this work. This is the task before you. First Chronicles 22, verse 11. Now, my son, the Lord be with you, and may you have success and build the house of the Lord your God, as he said you would. May the Lord give you direction and understanding as he puts you in command over Israel, so that you may keep the law Keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will have success if you are careful to observe the decrees and laws that the Lord gave Moses for Israel. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. I have taken great pains to provide for the temple of the Lord. A hundred thousand talents of gold. A million talents of silver. Qualities of, of, of bronze and iron. Too great to be weighed. And wood and stone. You may add to them. You have many workmen, stonecutters, masons, and carpenters, as well as skilled men in every kind of work, in gold, silver, bronze, and iron, craftsmen beyond number. Now, now you, he says, begin the work, and may the Lord be with you. That idea of blessing and the elements that are attached then, the man in your life needs For the last month, we've been talking a lot to men and talking about stepping up to the plate and being a man of God and and taking the responsibilities of of your role as a a father, as a husband. Um, Today, I want to talk to those in the life of a man because you've got an important role in this too. There are some key elements to this concept of blessing that will help you release that man in your life to become all that God created him to be. And that's what we're going to look at together this morning because the men in your life, your son, your husband, Your brother, they need these things to become what God has called them to be. Some key elements in releasing your wild man. And here's the first one. It's there throughout. Speak words of affirmation. Speak words of affirmation. The man in your life needs to know you believe in him. He needs to know that. A man never grows the need for affirmation and admiration. He never does. He needs to know you believe in him. This is what David did. He said, I am about to go the way of all the earth. So you, he says, be strong. Show yourself a man and observe what the Lord your God requires. Be strong. Message paraphrase puts it this way. Be strong. Show what you're made of. Become the man God made you to be. Show your stuff. Show your metal. First Chronicles 22, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. 
In essence, what David is saying to his son is, you've got what it takes. Now show it. Be strong. Be courageous. Show what you're made of. Look at what God has given you and live up to it. In his book, No More Christian Nice Guy, Paul Coughlin writes about this. He writes about his own relationship with his father. And he talks about particularly fathers to sons bestowing this blessing. He says, my father was often quiet and unavailable during key periods of my youth. In the last year of his life, however, he gave me a gift I didn't know I wanted and to some degree didn't know I needed in order to live a less encumbered, more purposeful life. He told me he thought I had what it takes to make it in life. It's a sentiment he had never before shared with me in words. My father affirmed my masculine lineage. His blessing came a little late after a mortgage, wife, three kids, and the toll of typical adult struggles. But hey, it came. More important, he told me and showed me that he was in my corner. He cheered me on. My spirit soared to heights I didn't think possible, and I've been freer since that unexpected blessing. It's vital that we fathers do the same with our sons and also with our daughters. I emphasize boys here because, because emotionally to serve boys outnumber girls four to one. And I don't need, to some, need some white-haired sociologist from Sweden to tell me why. I've seen it. Boys feel alone out there. When, the essential quest, when faced with the essential question, do I have what it takes? If it isn't affirmed by another man, guys are left to wander and wonder. Though they may appear confident, many question their own abilities to provide for and protect the family to the point of ulcers and hypertension. What you are doing in speaking those words of affirmation is you are attaching high value to this man for who he is. And it's really important to distinguish. You don't just give him praise for his accomplishments. Because if all we do is give praise and affirmation and admiration at accomplishments, then we leave the unspoken message that I have to try and earn approval. That I have to earn and deserve love somehow. And what you want to do is let him know. Let him know if he, he is valued for who he is. And that doesn't mean he's perfect. And it doesn't mean he doesn't have faults. And it doesn't mean he won't fall. When I was teaching my son to ride a bike, and he finally got the hang of it, all of a sudden he decided now he was evil Knievel. <laughs> you know, he was barely learning to stay upright, but he decided he needed to jump curbs. And I would be working in the garage, and he'd be riding around in the court in our, you know, in our neighborhood, and I'd be working in the garage, and he'd hear this thump, crash, bang, you know, and I'd look out there, and there he is laying on the pavement, you know. And I wish I could say I handled it well every time. Because sometimes I went, what are you doing? <laughs> But he needed to know that, yeah, you're going to crash and burn sometimes, but you can pick yourself up and you can keep going because you have what it takes to become the man God has called him to be. He is going to need to take steps of faith. He is going to need to take risks. He's going to need to take incredible challenges. And he needs the affirmation of the people in his life to say, you have what it takes. I'm in your corner. I see you can do this. You might falter, but you can pick yourself up. For years, I coached soccer with both of my kids and, and refereed soccer too. And, and just anybody here, soccer coaches, coaches of any kind, sports coaches, okay, you know the bane of every coach. What is the bane of every coach? The overprotective mother. No, it's the mother. 
Don't give me parents. It's the mother. It is the bane of every coach. And in soccer particularly, because there's a rule in soccer. Play continues. A kid gets hurt and falls down. Play continues until the ball goes out of bounds. And it's the referee's job to just check. Okay, if he's alive, he's alive. Okay, we keep playing, you know, until the ball stops. And overprotective moms want to run out on the field. Now, here's what happens in soccer. You run out of the field without, you get carded. You get sent off. You can't come back for the next three weeks. And if you're a coach and you let a parent out on the field, you get carded. The kid needs to learn. You might get hurt, but you can get back up. Now, if it was life-threatening, the referee would stop play. It's his judgment to make. But here's the deal. If we are always running out to protect, if we are always trying to fix the problems, we leave an unspoken message that we don't trust you to be able to do this on your own. It's called growth. (laughs) It's called maturity. And sometimes... Your son needs to know you're tougher than you think you are. You can pick yourself up from this. You don't have to be rescued every time you falter. Proverbs 24, 16, written, by the way, by Solomon, who was commissioned by his father David. He wrote these words, Though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. You can pick yourself up. You can keep strong even when you falter. And you need to tell him this. You need to tell him this. You need your son to know you believe in him even when he falters. You need to show him that you understand that it hurts sometimes, but he's strong enough to endure it. And your husband, he doesn't outgrow this. He needs those words of encouragement too. Tell them. Proverbs again, Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of life and death. And if you are critical, if you are belittling, if you are constantly there therein, or worse yet, if you leave those words unspoken, it is defeating. It is defeating to your son. It is defeating to your husband. If he never hears hears words of affirmation, because affirmation and admiration inspires and motivates a man. Now I know some of you wives are sitting here, yeah, but you don't know my husband. You don't know my husband. I look for things to affirm, but I can't find any. (laughs) I may not know your husband, but I do know this. I do know this. He will never change. He will never improve. He will never get better if he's constantly criticized. It won't happen. I'm going to give you a little homework assignment. In fact, husbands, you can do this with your wives too. For this week, this week, every day this week, Pick at least one characteristic in your spouse or in your children, at least one a day, and speak a word of affirmation. Can you do that? Just try it for one week. I'm sure you can find at least seven things that you could affirm, okay? (laughs) Just try it. Because if you will, you would be amazed the power of words. Speak words of affirmation. A second element is picture him with a favorable future help him to see what he can become paint a picture of success for your son paint a picture of success for your husband for your brother 
That's what David did. He spoke words of success. He said to his son Solomon, walk in his ways and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and requirements as written in the law of Moses, so that, so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. First Chronicles 22, you will have success. You will have success if you are careful to observe the decrees and laws that the Lord gave Moses for Israel. Now, David had the benefit of a covenant promise. He had the benefit of a covenant promise that God had made specifically to him about his lineage sitting on the throne of Israel. And he had prophets affirm that and say Solomon was going to be the heir to fulfill that. We don't have that benefit, okay? You don't necessarily have a word for the Lord, from the Lord for your son or for your, for your husband. But here's what you can do. Though you cannot predict or guarantee the future, you can give hope and direction. Two crossroads in my life. The first was, well, there was a number of them, but one of the most important. When I first started considering leaving the idea of becoming an architect and becoming a pastor. And you see, my dad is a building contractor. I worked for him for years as a carpenter. I decided I didn't want to do manual labor, so I was going to be an architect. I would design the buildings for him to do the manual labor on. You know, that was my way of getting back at him. And, 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 (laughs) unresolved parent issues there. No, (laughs) not at all. But, but I do remember this. When I first started thinking that maybe God was calling me to a different thing than I had imagined, one of the biggest questions in the back of my mind is, what will my dad think? How will my dad feel about this? Because I'm leaving his line of work and I'm doing something different. Will he be proud of me? Will he be disappointed in me? My dad affirmed me. You've got what it takes. I see those gifts in you. You can do that. Those words meant so much to me. Another big crossroads in my life was when, having been for a number of years on the pastoral staff of Bethel Christian Church in San Francisco, and starting to think about the possibility of planting a new church and just launching out and doing something brand new, and all of the fears and uncertainties of that and all the stuff that was going through my brain. And, and not only that, but there, there was particular elders in the church there. And one in particular said to me, this is not where you're supposed to be. That's what God's calling you to do. I see in you the gifts and the abilities to do that. Man, I remember those conversations to this day. When a man is affirmed and given a picture of a favorable future, you've got what it takes. You can do this. You have the gifts. You have the abilities. I can see you doing that. That one little thing can do incredibly powerful stuff in your, your son's life, in your husband's life. It's what our Heavenly Father did for us. Over and over and over again, you see God affirming His people. Jeremiah 29, it's one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. God said through the prophet Jeremiah to the nation of Israel, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And those are the kinds of words you need to speak into the men in your life. A hope and a future. Because you see, God has uniquely wired each and every one of us up. God has uniquely wired your son 
God has uniquely wired your husband with gifts and abilities that nobody else have. When I, was a, when I first became a parent, I thought to myself, these children in my life, they are blank slates. They are shapeless, moldable lumps of clay. There's a word for parents like that. Clueless. <laughs> Clueless. I discovered really quick, my children have a bent. They have a will. They have gifts and abilities. They have personalities. And they will either use those things for good or for ill. And if I can paint for them a picture of how they could use their gifts and their talents and their passions and their personality in a way that honors God and paint for them that picture, that's my job. That's my job. Scripture says there are different kinds of gifts. There are different kinds of service. There are different kinds of working. But the same God works all of them in all men. And if you help your son, if you help your husband see where he is gifted and enable him to become what God has given him the gifts to become, you have a part in doing God's work. Because the truth is, your man will always be the man that he is. He will always be that person. You would like to trade him in on somebody else, but you won't because he will always be this person and you're stuck with him. But you can help him see a bigger picture for his life. And he needs that. Encourage goals that they can set for themselves with the raw materials that God has given them. Not grandiose dreams. You know, sometimes I hear parents say, I want my kids to know they can do anything they put their minds to. They can't. I know it goes all against what our culture says these days, you know, but they can't. I couldn't. What makes them think they could? If you set these grandiose dreams and set unrealistic expectations, you're just setting them up for failure. But if you can help them to see what they can do and raise the bar for them, I'm not saying set it down so low that they feel successful, whatever they, you know, whatever they do. Set the bar high, but help them see they can attain this. They can attain this. Given the raw material that God has put in their lives, they can attain these things. Because when you do that, you make them secure in their sense of self. Self-worth doesn't come from somebody just saying, you're, 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 you're perfect. It comes from helping them understand their strengths and their weaknesses and guiding them to using their strengths. And it gives them the confidence to serve God with the raw material he has given them. And that is a vital element. And here's the third one. Give him your consistent support. Because words alone, though they are powerful, and they are, they are not enough. They are not enough. He needs your active involvement. David was coming to the end of his life. He knew he wasn't going to be around. But what he did for his son was he gave him the tools for success. He gave into him the lasting legacy. He knew he wasn't going to be around to build this temple. But he said to his son, I have taken great pains to provide for the temple of the Lord. Gold, silver, bronze, and iron, too great to be weighed, and wood and stone. And you may add to them. He didn't say, I did it all for you. He said, here's what I provided. Now you can add to this. 
He says, you have many workmen, skilled in every kind of work, craftsmen beyond number. Now you begin the work and let the Lord be with you. See, differentiate between their responsibilities and your support. You are not there to do it for them. But you're to be there for them. Provide the raw resources. Provide the support and encouragement. The commitment to be with them as best you can. Show him that you are with him. That you are committed to his success. Another story. And I've told this one a number of times. I'll give you the short version this morning. Before we started Northgate, and we were just in the early stages, and we were trying to put the stuff together, and, and it looked like things were really coming together. Um, we had a home to start meeting in. It looked like we were getting the financial support that we needed, um, and there was a third element. Oh, we were, <laughs> we were trying to buy a house in Benicia. <laughs> and it looked like everything was coming together, and in one week, we still refer to it as the week everything fell apart, because we lost everything. We lo- the home that we had put a bid on, we didn't get. The support financially we thought we were going to get, we didn't get. Uh, the couple that we thought were going to let us start the church in their home decided they didn't want to be a part of it. <laughs> and we had nothing. Everything that looked like it was falling into place, and it all fell apart. And I was so discouraged and so wiped out. And my wife said to me, when we first thought God was calling us to do this, we didn't have a home. We didn't have a place to meet, and we had no promise of support. So nothing's changed. (laughs) And you know what? I remember that sentence to this day too. Because that said to me, she's with me in this. This isn't a pipe dream of my own. She's my partner. She's she's, She's in it wholeheartedly. And the men in your life need to know that. It's a lifelong assignment, and it will look different at every stage of life. But what you want to do for the man in your life is let him know you're there. You see his strengths. You see what he can become and what he can do, and you're going to hang with him through every bit of it. Again, Solomon in his wisdom, Proverbs 22, train up a child in the way he should go, And when he is old, he will not depart from it. The word train up has to do with this idea um, of training a vine. Yesterday we did gardening in our in our backyard and 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 we've got these potato vines and we you know and they the spring they start growing they start growing wild they go everywhere and we've we tried to train them to to weave through the lattice work and all these things but every year i got to go back because a new growth comes and it just starts sprouting everywhere and the job is to train it to go where you want it to go to find its natural bent but to flow freely through that way in an orderly way and that's the idea recognize the gifts recognize the raw material in your son and then help guide him in the direction that he can take those things and it doesn't change when he gets old your husband needs that same stuff now i'm not saying train up your husband in the way he should go okay (laughs) but what i am saying is be there as the constant support let him know you're with him you see where he's going you understand his gifts and you are there you know him and you support him and let him know that you're in it for the long haul Because that's what our Heavenly Father has done for us. Another man was commissioned. His name was Joshua. And at his commissioning by his mentor, Moses, he was said, he was told, be strong and courageous. And the Lord added these words, 
Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. And then he said these words, for I will never leave you nor forsake you. And it's those words that helped Joshua become the man God had called him to be. And it is those kinds of words that every man in your life needs to hear from you. I see in you what maybe nobody else sees. And I'm in your corner. You've got what it takes. And I'm with you over the long haul. And let me just say, let me just say this. Because I know in a, in a group this size, a lot of you grew up not getting all that you needed. I, that's just the reality. Our parents were human. They didn't always do it right. So maybe you're here this morning and you never got those words of affirmation. You not a get, never got a real sense of what a successful future would look like for you. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. It is not only our calling as parents, as spouses, it is our calling as a church to be a blessing to one another, to provide those elements for one another. Words of affirmation, pictures of a favorable future, and the constant support of walking alongside That's our call as a church. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.